Hey, pronouncers, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printable. We've got Mr. Stephen Farrig. Bruce um, doesn't, is, is currently, currently has a cold. Slightly under the weather, but that's okay. But we've got a really awesome episode coming up. Chris Markey from To The T Outfitters. He's doing about $3.6 million in revenue this year, um, but very unique, mainly in the sporting uh, apparel side, but diving heavy into the corporate store side and very, very heavy stores. Like uh, he said, about $2 million and, and of that is just stores. So just moved so much in this episode. Take a listen. All right. One quick second. We've got some awesome sponsors we want to share. Steven, you want to intro them? All right. Thank you, GraphX, for sponsoring the podcast. So uh, you've heard us talk about GraphX. GraphX is the service we use at Campus Inc. for our art team. GraphX Source specializes in providing high-quality, production-ready art and dedicated staffing solutions for decorators around the world with industry-leading quality on high-end color separations, professionally digitized embroidery files, pixel-perfect product mock-ups, and order entry solutions, GraphicSource is sure to make a positive, measurable impact on your business. This is a tongue twister. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Rob, our artist, Jeannie. Um, thanks for making me read a tongue twister. Genie. <laughs> We've got easy way. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the pod. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy ways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. And last but not least, multi-craft. Bruce, have you heard of multi-craft daddy? No. Who's that? Uh, Multicraft Daddy, if you don't follow him on Instagram, you should start and start following Multicraft. If you need ink, supplies, or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years, providing you with top brands at competitive prices. I got to get better at reading these. Mention the Printable <laughs> podcast and receive an extra 10% off your first order. Um, we were actually at a wedding with Multicraft Daddy over the weekend. And... Uh, He's loving it. So go follow Dave Eggers, the team at Multicraft. That's where we get our Monarch Inc. from. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right, Bruce, let's get back to the show. Chris, Welcome. what's up? <laughs> what's happening, fellas? We, what's happening? It's awesome. This is like a dream come true for me. That's pretty this crazy. Thank you for this listening for so long, Chris. Uh, well, listen, man, when you get two cool dudes like you who know what the hell they're talking about, <laughs> good one and you get an old guy like me who wants to get into business and you find people like you you tend to follow them and uh i don't ever like to be the smartest guy in the room i thought you were young chris i thought we we just like we're internet friends we text i i wouldn't i I don't 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 put yourself there don't say that you thought yeah i was young boy that makes me feel even worse steve but listen here's here's the thing you 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 both have like we all go through things in life and you have these things that, that challenge you and hold you back from where you wanted to be. And now I got older in life. I'm where I want to be. So you guys are the guys that I would have hung out with when I was 25 because you're the cool guys, right? We don't, so, we don't have any know. friends. We're just friends with each other. <laughs> um, well, that's not Bruce didn't admit to that. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's what Long Beach is for. It's just a big hangout. Yeah. So, you know, and I follow you guys. I mean, I'm, and when I say that, I totally mean it. Like, it's awesome, uh, to meet you guys. I mean, 
uh, it was crazy. I was down at the Sports Inc. thing, and Bruce was there, yeah. and I've. I walked up to him and I was like, guys, I got to leave you. I'm going over to talk to Bruce. And they were th- they thought I was the craziest guy in the world, right? And I was like, no, man, this is this guy I've been following forever. Him and his sidekick, you know what I mean? That's it's, so funny. It's, it's Sideshow Bob, it's- Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah, and it's what's crazy about it is the best thing is you guys are real. So uh, I am the crazy guy that – follows people like this and ryan and i ryan moore became i became friends the same way i met you guys just texting you what your cell i'll email you you know just being real and um you know not chasing you guys down but here again it's the people that i would have hung with when i was 25 years old because you have a, a dream and sometimes life takes you away from that dream but you can find that path back and i i i never i have still never printed a shirt in my life i've never screen printed a shirt in my life but I have a 26 employee big business, right? So can we talk about that for a second? Okay, you've never screen printed a shirt in your life. We've heard that before, you are, or before, and you are you a pretty good screen printer now? I've never screen printed a shirt in my life. I've I own two rock machines and have never turned them on. Okay, this is this is good stuff. Um. <laughs> Your shop, if 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 just just some background, um, on to the T Outfitter. If you don't follow them on Facebook and Instagram, they're growing like crazy. Um, how do you attribute your success to not being able to print a shirt? Most people would say you don't know your craft. How are you in this business? First and foremost, I'll answer that by saying uh, you surround yourself again with people that are better or smarter than you, and and you you create a culture at your shop that. Um, is uh, about a quality of life and that you care about them. And, uh, but more importantly is, uh, you follow guys like you. Um, and, uh, when I started this, uh, f- 15 or 16 years ago, I had a business, uh, had a partner. Well, he came to me and said, Hey, my company's bouncing my checks. I have a book of $300,000 worth of business. You used to be an entrepreneur. Do you want to get back in the room in businesses? And, um, I said, yeah. So we bought a laptop, went to my basement and started subbing out to other people and they would print our stuff. And as it went along, you start to see uh, where the de- I did a lot of research before I started. We started the business. Uh, where were the deficiencies in what uh, people were doing? So I give an example. We would go to uh, uh, my kids were in sports uh, or the PTO. We were involved in PTO and they would be like, hey, we're having our uh, bag the order day. And I'm like, oh, what's the bag the order day? So we showed up to the school. They had all the products laying around and we as parents would go bag the orders to be able to give to the kids that they bought in their spirit wear. And I walked out of a gym like that going that's nuts. That's there, the, there are so many things wrong with having a bunch of parents try and bag and tag. It, it was the, so, you know, and, and I now. could go, I could, Steve, to be honest with you, I could go on and on about things like that. Like you see stuff and you, you're being not from the industry. You know, you always get the, well, that's how everybody else does it. And I'm like, I, I've never printed a shirt in my life. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, you know? So, uh, brought value. We felt that there's some things that we could do. We brought value. We got out of the paper. Went right, we started with, um, two total, uh, team uniform ordering and then kind of went from there. Uh, On the so online store side. Yeah. Got it, got so it. we Im- immediately got off paper. We were only, on, I think, 
I want to say I started using Tuo in 2008, 2009. Wow. So maybe. you were using online stores in 08. Wow. I mean, there was barely. Yes. Holy yeah, was cow. Yeah, so what happened was. What happened was is, so we collected the papers, we got the checks, I'd go to the bank, the bank complained because there were staples in the checks. Uh, we would bag stuff up in, plastic, in paper bags. My office manager, her husband, who was, there was only two or three of us at, at that time, me and my wife, we'd each take an order home, we'd separate it on the couch, eat our dinner, bag it all up, and send it out the door, and I was like, there's got to be a better, because we would have to count each paper, and my wife my wife's a banker, but she would look at me and go, this is, this is dumb. There's got to be something out there that, you know what I mean? So I did a little research online, found a company, started going from them, and then it kind of went from there. So um, it, um, as far as the growth of our business, to go back, Steve, and how I didn't print, I was too busy looking at all the other stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I wanted to know about it. So... Seven years ago, I guess, uh, I uh, said I'm tired of using other people and them controlling me. Uh, I'm going to print this stuff myself. Now, a lot of people would probably go the other direction. And I said, so uh, I, I am going to control the print, which controls the, the time frame, which controls a lot of things. Why, why was that um, shift, though? Like, was it a dollar thing saying I want to make more or I want to control the quality or what? Uh quality turn time you know when you start your business and here again i'll go back to we looked at what are some of the deficiencies some of the deficiencies with screen printers is they were telling people when they were going to get the product done they weren't asking when do you need it by so i come from a marketing side uh and in sales in all my life so when do you need this accomplished and then work back from from there you would go into a screen printer and it'd be like it'll be three weeks so then people had to start getting in people because everybody did that oh that's what everybody does they would go and say all right i gotta call them a month ahead of time and we gotta start getting this well when you start coming in the market and you start saying look i'm two weeks and then the other people that print for you can't do that it turns into, I'm going to do it. And then I said, how do I do this? And I started watching videos on, I started watching videos on screen printing machines. And I said, I'm not doing manual. Um, I'm, we're going to go, if we go, we're going to go what I feel might be the top of the line or close to it. I mean, we can argue all day long. I just know that the graphics guys, all you cool guys, um, we're into those rocks and Ryan Moore was like a rock star. And I'm thinking, man, I want to party with this guy. Clip that. You know what I mean? <laughs> clip that. I'm sorry. No, no. Clip that and send that to Ryan. He'll love that. Uh, <laughs> well, Ryan's listening to this right now. He's giving, he's, he's, he's totally rocking out. So, and, uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, he's another, like I've, I met him at the ISS show in Long Beach. I mean, and we throw like, uh, stuff back and forth, like quotes and stuff. So it goes back to people like that. So I started watching his videos and then, um, it's funny. I'm talking about graph X right now. Who's Lucas. Lucas sold me my original rock stuff. I bought all my stuff from rock. Um, and it worked for us and it was good. And then we bought more and then, you know, you, you, you know, I just bought a Saudi 8012. I mean, wow. I'm down this road where, and I haven't even used that thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm buying all this stuff and I don't touch it. Well, I'm not allowed to touch it. Like they don't, <laughs> my, the people, that, 
So if they ever see me by a machine, they always go, what are you doing? They, can you go? Right. So, um, but anyhow, you know, it's, that that's where it went. I did some research. I started looking. I found out why. Hey, why rock? Well, less moving parts. It's the registration pre-registration unit. How do I make a fifteen dollar an hour or at that time employee into a sixty dollar an hour employee without them knowing? Well, you do it by keeping up with your equipment. If you keep up with your equipment. And you stay ahead of the ball game. They have no idea that they're really making more or doing more, and they're giving you, a, you know what I mean, a lot more. Like now, I have two eight um, tens back, two rock eight tens back there. And if, I mean, there are some times when we're bringing it in the door and printing, and it's going out the door the same. I mean, I, we don't stop. Mm-hmm. You know? I have pe- we have people coming from larger companies, and I won't use names. Call us and say, I want to work for you. That's sweet. So, so I think Why? I've never printed a shirt. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I think a couple things that you just talked about there is like you found small little deficiencies. And I think like we, Bruce, you and I talk about speed a lot and how like speed and convenience always wins. Speed and convenience always wins. And we always say, can we just be a little faster than our competitors? Can we be, can we answer emails faster? Because speed and convenience wins the race. I don't. I don't know if there's much else to it, um, Bruce. I mean, you've seen shops for a while. What's do you, do what you would you say like, about that? Well, you know, the other person that I know that has been a huge like I've never pulled a squeegee is uh, Josh Merrill at, at uh, Liquid Graphics that we had at the conference. We did an interview where I mean, he was like, I don't even know how to turn on the lights to the building. Um, now granted he has a massive <laughs> building, I mean, a hundred and something thousand square feet and you know, it's not just a light switch, but, but, um, but do you think that that helps you be a better owner in a way because you're more focused on sales and maybe optimizing process and not baked into the details or, or not? It, I am pretty good visual person. So if I would, let's say I would be a person to remodel a house. I'm going to go in, I'm going to rip out all the things and I can visualize when I walk into that house, you know, the home and garden stores shows, I can go in and see. So for me, I didn't need to print it. I could visualize it being done. So for me, that was, uh, you know, photographic memory, visualize. So for me, that's the easy way to do it. And so if like we just moved into this facility, okay, and when I bought this facility, it wasn't what it was, but I visualized as I walked around when I bought the facility, how it was going to be. And so it for, for me, and I don't know if I'm answering your question right, is I don't need to do it. I can visualize it. And then as we go along, they tell me, well, that's that you can't be done that way, Chris. We got to move it this way or we got to move it over here. But it's still part it's collaborative of the vision. Thing. It's still. Yeah. So yeah, they say like in a business, you you need visionaries and you need integrators. Right. Um, and and I think the differentiating factor is like you're so much of a visionary that, you know, like you'll find people to integrate for you, I guess. Talk about the finding people to do stuff for you. Do you have like, do you have a lot of processes in place and like classroom setup of like, this is how we do this. This is how we do that. You know, do you spend a lot of time 
having people teach then? Because like, you know, you, you can't have a bunch of visionaries, you know, how does that work? Um, one of the places we fall short, uh, and not because we don't want to, uh, it's because we just fall short is in teaching of the processes. We're in the middle of do, uh, getting snag it and putting, putting our processes on, on video or on paper and, you know, and, uh, our training process. And what is that when you move into a bigger, when you decide to scale, Okay, Steve, you talked about scaling a little while ago, and I watched a great – you guys talked about this stuff. And I'm sitting there, uh, and I was like, you talk about scaling. Once you start scaling and getting bigger, like we're looking at multiple markets. We're looking at other com- – we're looking at different areas. When you start doing that, you have to have processes. It has – it is McDonald's. you got to walk out of one building and walk into another, and the process does not change. You know, it's, what's funny, I should have had Jed on here too because Jed talks about Campus Sports where our old company has a taco stand, and then he talks about Taco Bell um, or a yep. sandwich shop and Jimmy John's, right? Like they both make sandwiches, <laughs> right? Um, but when you start acting like Taco Bell – you know, the Crunchwrap Supremes come out the same way every single time, right? No matter what Taco Bell you go to. Um, and so I think, I think it's interesting, like, you know, does a business owner necessarily have to, like, when do you feel like you're like, oh my God, we need process? Was it, was it early on or like, when did it hit you over the head where like, shit, we need this or we're going to crumble? All right. So... 2007 we uh, before I went and I'm going to say this and I I'm not going to say a name I'm just going to say I realized in 2007 if I was going to get my own shop and st- and and buy my own equipment that we needed a shop management system. So that was our first foray into processes. Uh now the program we used we didn't you know it's one of those things when you open it up and just want to start playing the game that's what us that was us instead of implementing certain parts of the program we just opened it up and said man let's go oh and then chris you know, would you mind saying what it was because this is this is like oh wait i was uh graduating high school then <laughs> we uh fa- we, we we started using fast okay Manager. cool okay so here again, we put it on our computers and went, wow, we put a customer's name in, save. Oh, we put this information, but we didn't know what that went or where that went or why. But we knew how to set up tasks, and this would tell this machine to do this and that machine to do that. And I'm like, yep. So I got that three or four months before we made the move and bought the equipment, mm. right? And I hired people and brought them in my little 1,000-square-foot shop because I didn't have any – you know what I mean? And they would work in there and be working on the stuff so that when we did – move into the new building that next January, we already knew how to use fast manager. The only thing we need to do is where we put the equipment and how's the process going to look when from coming in the door, printing the stuff out and going around the shop. That was it. We already knew how to use the system. Well, we didn't use it correctly. We used it as a video game, but we did learn to use it better down the road. And I'll be honest with you, there's in my business, and I'm going to give them a shout out. Um, Tammy Kern and Chuck Bavis were my first two. Uh, employees uh, after my business partner got out and um, they're just huge just they've been the immense 
to what we do here. And now, and now that we have different departments and different managers and they're reporting to different people, you know, it come, becomes even further. But all along, those were the two that started with me that had been loyal to the day as long. They had to deal with Chris Markey and his stuff and they put up with it and they made it work. And, um, they're, they're, they're as much of a part of this as I am. Chris, how do you, you know take I mean? care of, cause I think like every shop has those couple key employees, um, the lifers that you want there forever that are, that are going to crush it for you and treat your business like it's your own. How do you keep them happy knowing that you're, you've got your foot on the gas and you're like, grow, 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 grow. How, what do you do as, as just like a leader, a manager to, to, to keep them happy? So we started a lot of stuff. Uh, initially, it was uh, like we did in the summer uh, just a couple of years ago. I, I started thinking about, Steve, like like these key players, but also all the other employees. The key players, they just wanted to be a part of it. And I think both Chuck and Tammy, it is about the money, but it's not about the money. I think they'd like to be able to go out and go, we started here and went here. There is much – uh, they're as happy with where we are and as proud of where we are as I am. That's awesome. Um, and uh, so and I, I give you – Yeah. Yeah. They might not be bought into how the owner of the company acts at times and that they have to put up with it. And they might not like it, but they stayed. And most – and those two have been here probably 12 years. Wow. 13 Whoa. years. Right? So – and listen, we're going through – when I had no health insurance, luckily their husband and wife has it. Uh, I don't have 401k. I'm, I'm, you know, we're, I'm just going. I think Steve and I text about we're just going down this road, but all the they bought in, um, and I I couldn't be as more fortunate to have two people like that. Like I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to find those people. They put up with all the little idiosyncrasies and the stupidity and the they put it all up with it. And though they may say it behind my back. I know if I pick up a phone, they're going to come running. So, I know it for a fact. So if anyone's listening, for those that are listening, if you've got those people in your shop, go buy them lunch today and just say thanks. Because <laughs> uh, Well, there's stuff that you do that's a little different. So, you know, family members are having issues. You know, you don't count the days that they're off or they're – you know, you, 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 you don't, you don't you treat do them like I owners, a, you know, you treat them right. like they run the business. Um, yeah. You know, like with, you know, with Tammy, you know, you, I've done different stuff for her than I've done. Like Chuck goes to shows with me. He goes to the sports thing shows. He goes to ISS, him and his wife, you know, Tammy doesn't do as much of that, but Tammy and her husband, Jim have been friends of mine before I even owned the business. You know what I mean? So actually they were a customer Hmm. And I knew Jim from playing softball years ago. He was a customer. He became a customer. And then my business partner and I separated and I was by myself. And my first call was to them. And I said, hey, does Tammy want a job? And, you know, it's funny. I tell the story all the time and people don't want to hear it. So I'm sitting at a diner. It's me and my wife, Tammy and her husband, Jim. And Tammy looks at me and I said, Tammy, what do you need to work for me? She goes, I need $432 a week. It's like 432. <laughs> like, how'd that number come up? You know what I mean? But I forgot her husband, right? So I'm sitting here going, I'm on this number. And it was like $18 difference a week. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there and I start negotiating with her. And my wife smacks me on the leg and says, It's $18. 
Like it's eighteen dollars, Chris. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I really need somebody right now. Tammy comes on board, and we laugh about it to this day. And I've taken care of her and her family. I've been to their weddings. Chuck's kids have worked for me. I mean, it's just they're awesome. And we do that all the way down the line. Um, do we pay them the greatest in the industry? Probably not. They probably could make more money elsewhere. But you know, we just went to four days a week. Really? So we have a yeah. Uh, we uh, we went so. Right before COVID, the summer before COVID, 2019, I went four days a week in the summer in June and July, and I uh, made them come in to work 10 hours, four days. Then the the summer after COVID, I have to think about that. Was that last summer? I said, look, we're going to work four days a week, but I'm going to pay you for eight hours. So I'm going to give you the day off, and you're only going to work four, because there's times that they work a lot. Then Chuck came to me and said, my sales manager, and said, look, if we overlap, if you do 6 to 2.30 and 8 to 6.30, we're getting this whole shift. And then if you overlap days, Monday through Thursday and Tuesday through Friday, now the overtime goes out the window. They don't work anymore. Quality of life's good, and we get longer shifts. And I was like, I'm all in. Wow. So, so, we did so it. do you guys print? I always, I'm curious, do you print Tuesday through Friday or do you print Monday through Thursday? Every day. Okay. Every day. Okay. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. So is the four yeah. day work week then, how does, how does that work? Is that for your managers? That's everybody. So we do it for everybody. The managers for each department oversee. So we have four embroiderers, four screen printers, but two the people in receiving. printing happens Friday, though, too, you're saying. So it's just... Yes. So, so we have two people that come in Monday through Thursday. Ah, so you split shift. People, got you, got two, you, got you, got Two you. people that come in Tuesday through Friday. And then what happens if we need longer shifts, one of the crews... So, and it's usually the crew that does Tuesday through Friday will work 8 to 6.30 instead of 6 to 2.30, right? So now we go 6 to 6.30, now we have 12 hours of shifts of printing five days a week. So you're getting 60 hours of, of press time um, by, yes, by out splitting of, that up. Uh, out of two presses. Yeah. And, so it's 120. And that's really interesting because I think, uh, you know, in manufacturing, they say, like, have you gone to a second before you buy anything else? Have you extended your hours? Have you gone to a second shift yet? Like, are you using, you know, the whole width of the foot, football field? Um, that's that's really interesting. Did did your numbers, like your output, how, like was it a drastic change when you were able to do that? Um, we have to keep up at times, meaning we have to sell more. Gotcha. So, and I listen. I we this is part of the you guys asked me about procedures and processes and counting. Let's get jobs done first, then we'll worry down the line about how many's coming off in an hour. Like Steve, I know you're into, you're a numbers guy, boy. Like, you, you know, I feel like sometimes I, you're the Jeff Bezos of the world and you're going to break <laughs> it down to like minuscule minutes and stuff. I, I don't do that. I want to get it right, you know, and, and, and get through what we need to get through and then start piling it on and see where that point is. You know, right? that and, that's actually, um, that's a really insightful thing because I was talking, Bruce, we were talking to someone and they were talking about how it's nearly impossible to really dial in all of the variables in a print shop to try and figure out every single number that it really comes down to like, how much money are you contributing to that day? And like, are you able to gross more than the day cost you? 
You know? What is the return on my investment for that? So if it costs me $1,632 for those guys to be in for that day, how much did we print and what was the dollar value or what was the profit from that? Mm -hmm. Okay. And go from there. You guys are a big profit first guy. Okay. That to me, what we, what I just said there is a little bit about profit first. So, Hey, what is my cost? What is this? How do you take that number and how do you use it to, you know what I mean? Now, are you going to get that every day or every week or no, but over the long roll, if you take that bell curve and turn it into a straight line, you can control your business costs. You can control your business more and you can do more for your employees, which is huge to me. You know what I mean? Like to be able to do more for your employees. I mean, I just came off of COVID. We were fortunate to be, I bought a new building. I did all this. I gave everybody raises. I mean, like pretty substantial. Like I'm, I'm not going to go out and fight for employees. Mm -hmm. What's crazy about it is everybody's fighting for employees. Now where it gets out pretty quick. Now people are calling me, Hey, do you have a job? Can I get some? Like I don't have to – I don't really have to go out. I'll put it out there and next thing you know – because our employees don't want to work with – like if they're given a referral, they don't want to work with people that they don't like, right? Because they know what the process is. They know how it is. We come in. We get stuff done. We go home. We enjoy life. Do you have, right? do you have employees that measure some of the like big picture numbers for you just as like how much volume we did – you know, per week, just so you kind of have a number in your head. Do you like, what are the numbers that you look at? Like the big picture stuff? Cause I think that's, uh, there's probably some key numbers that like make you sleep at night or keep you up at night. What are those? Well, on the processes side, Steve, I don't, I think that's something we're getting to. Mm -hmm. So we broke down four days a week. We have managers for each different department. Now we're helping them or we want to help them or help them get better with training to be better managers, to look at all these things down the road. We'll start letting them access the numbers and then know what it, what that is. But I, but I mean um, like you as a business owner, what number do you like to see? Like sales, like, yeah, uh, like, total you know, sales I'll, for today. I'll give you or... an example is like, I like to see like my volume per week. Like how much did we gross last week? You know, is, are there specific things that you look at or do you wait to the end of the yes. month to look at? Like what, what are the, what are the big numbers? Like, you just like to be conscious about? Well, just like you every day, I look at sales, but I always look against last year. Mm. So obviously during COVID, it was different, but I always look against last year. And then I always look at gross profit margin because listen, if my gross profit margin's right, then everything else is on me. So because I, there's most of the stuff outside of underneath the gross profit margin is stuff that I can control or it's more controllable. Okay. So I look below that. So if my gross profit margins, where I'd be, and if not, why, why haven't we done that? Has sales started to sell stuff because they feel they got to give stuff away. Um, we're fortunate that we don't, um, we're, we have some things in place that allow us to do good pricing because we're involved in some organizations that we get good, really, 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 really good pricing. Mm -hmm. But we also, I don't, um, I don't take that difference from that either, Steven. So I still just look straight gross profit. Gross profit. Now, yeah. And then I look at bottom line, you know, obviously, um, if we, you know, the owner could spend too much, I made this move. I spent a lot of money. Probably this is going to be a year where I go, what the hell happened? And I look at the stuff and well, I moved into a new building. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And I just went and spent, spent some money and I, you know, so there's always a reason for it. Um, but my numbers have been pretty consistent. So in 2007, in 2007, when we went to our own screen printing, I was doing about a million two, right? 
we're going to be four and a half million at the end of this year. Off two autos. Damn. Off of two autos. Congrats. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, four man, and a half million. That's listen, huge. Yeah. Um, What's the mix of that? Because you talk about being in Sports Inc. For, and if people haven't been there, because it is a pretty tight-knit group, it's – and correct me if I'm explaining this wrong, but – it's a couple hundred shops that are mainly sell a lot of sporting goods and apparel um, and get, you know, and then you get to be a part of the group, which means you get special pricing on, you know, the Adidas is and it's a and buying group. It's yes. a buying group. Yeah, it's a club. It's a it's it's a buying group. It's like, you know, uh, one of my customers owns an appliance store and they have 1900 appliance stores that buy through and they get special pricing gotcha um it's a it's a buying so it's a hundred percent of that sporting they have outdoor and or i mean uh, of your business of that four and a half million is that you know all no no or i'm gonna be four and a half man we probably did 3.6 this year i guess 3.6 million Mm, Um, okay okay we'll but I mean, and you say, wow, that's a big growth, but you know, I just hired other reps. So I'm forecasting out that that's what it's going to be. And it might be more than that. So I'm just, so Steven asked about numbers. Okay. There's your numbers. I look out and go, this is what it's going to be based on these reps that I brought on. And I already know, and it's been better than that so far. So well, what's the category breakdown to, then? Is it a hundred percent sporting? And you've asked. Yeah, you keep asking that. And I just keep dancing around it. So we're <laughs> we're third. We're probably about thirty-seven and a half percent corporate. Uh, I don't look at this every day, but it was like thirty-seven and a half corporate. But we banged on some big corporates. We've done some things. Um, the gentleman I spoke to before we did this show, I was bringing up some of the things that we did that grew our corporate. Um, and school business has always been a. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be a big how, one for how us. How much of the sales are online stores? We did right close to $2 million in sales online stores, and we bag and tag everything and ship it. And we don't do it like some shops – I don't know the big word for it – where you order it online. It's a T-shirt. They print out the order. They print the T-shirt on a DTG, and they send it. Fulfillment, print on demand. Mm -hmm. We don't do fulfillment or a print on demand. We don't do any contract printing. Everything we do is our customers. Gotcha. and and I, the reason we do that is as I don't see any benefit of printing a shirt for somebody and making two dollars and forty cents, and they're making ten. I, that, to me, that's like I don't know. Well, you you talk about sales reps, right? A lot of shops, you know, the reason they'll start contract printing or start getting into it is because they need sales, right? Talk to us about your model because you're obviously big in teams. How many reps do you have? How does that work? We have a total of six reps. We have three three on team. Okay, so we're in pods. We work in pods. So we have a corporate side pod, uh, which is a junior sales rep, a senior sales rep, and a sales, what we call sales assistant or sales associate or sales support associate. And then on the team side, we have a sales support associate and three reps, one in Maryland and two here and then one in Hanover or one in York, one that does York and Hanover. Um, and we're adding more in Maryland. Um, we're adding more in Hanover. And we're going from there. So they work in pods. They handle all their own accounts. Uh, they have laptops that they can work from home or they can come into work. 
they put all the orders in through the system. We order stuff, we bring it in, we print it, and we get it out the door. Um, we are now going to delivery where locally we'll probably start delivering all the orders to people. And here's what it is. When you start getting a little bit bigger and you start putting these things on the table that you can do, it becomes – tough for other people to compete against you. So if I'm delivering product, if I'm getting beat by 50 cents, they're going to be like, but Chris brings it to my door. I pay it online. The art comes. It's convenience. Like, you know, it goes back to the gym where I was separating orders. Now we pull up, we separate by grade, we set bag it by order and they go in and they go to the fifth grade wing and they walk down through the they walk down through the home rooms and they just stick it in each room for the kids and it's done. How's your the basketball team? Your, we do it. We do it by team. The coach walks in. We hand it to the coach. The coach goes around to his players: Smith, Jones, Thompson. Thanks, guys. They don't have to do anything. Is your um, sales reps are they base plus commission model or pure commission? Yes, base plus commission. Mm-hmm. And uh, do they go ahead, Bruce? No, well, you know, with the pricing that they're charging. Are they, is it like a one package all solution since you're just bagging everything? It's a part of it, or are you trying to like add on prices as you go through and like this is stores, this is how we charge for stores or wholesale, whatever? This goes back to some of the stuff that talked about looking at the numbers and all that. And I always said, look, if you do your job right, like our pricing is like if you go on some of the sites we do, our people will tell you our pricing is really good. Now, granted, being in a buying group does help. Okay, but it also allows me to eat some of those charges. So whereas everybody would be polybagging stuff or they'd be bagging stuff and they're going to charge you for it or they charge five hours to put a name on the back. I don't need to do that. You know, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. It depends what you want to do. Right. Um, So I don't want to be a hog. I don't want to get slaughtered. So if I start trying to make every dollar on their order or pay my mortgage on their one order, I'm going to lose. So some stuff I eat, some stuff I charge, some stuff, you know what I mean? It becomes, how has it worked? And for us, we've always bagged. You, if you force the market, I, and let me, let me use this term. Let me use the, let me define the force the market. When I got in this and started looking at thing, everybody was charging for screen print charges. I'm going to charge you for the screens. I'm going to charge you to change a color. I'm going to charge you for everything I do. And I walked in and said, nope, your price is your price. Right here it is. And guess what everybody else had to start doing? Stop charging for that because I negotiated with the people that were contract printing for me. I said, look, I'm not going to charge that. I don't need you to charge that for me. Charge me a little bit more on what you're going to charge me. So if it's 250 a shirt, charge me 275 a shirt. You make a little more money, mm-hmm. but it takes care of all that stuff, right? And I put it in a cost. And then when Johnny, who used to sell the stuff, walks in the door and be like, hey, why'd you take those orders away from me? Well, I don't have all these. There was $150 worth of charges. My order was 212 so 375, half of that was your charges. So I put the onus back on the other people that were charging them and, and ran my business efficiently and effectively that I didn't have to charge it. So that's y- to basically, I mean, not to say that other people don't, I'm, I'm sure there's a valid reason, but for us, that was the main reason. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that you had one sales pot around corporate. Um, there's, there, it sounds like there's two to three people just focused on corporate that's with stores or wholesale or what does that look like? Yeah. So, uh, on the corporate side, they deal, they have current customers, uh, from our Google, we get probably 15 to 20 leads a week, which end up, we're about 86% of turning those leads into orders. 
Um, so you so you've got a hard sales pipeline. Like you run a you run a sales organization. You know. Yeah, you didn't mention all these KPIs before, but you're clearly yeah. watching them. <laughs> I watch it a little he bit. Said, um, yeah, I, I don't really know. 86.5%. Do you use a CRM, like a Salesforce or a HubSpot or something nope. for your sales guys? Nope. No. What I do base it on is I can pull – I can pull – each month I can pull who reached out through our Google, who reached out through our website. I can look at that, and then I can go in and pull the orders, and I, I do it by hand. I check it every month. Gotcha. That keeps me, Steve, that keeps me in the game. It keeps me vested. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, people could hand me reports. I think it keeps me vested. So why aren't, why aren't we 97%? Why are we only 86 and a half? So do they make sales, do they make commission on repeat orders, like maintaining the account, like every time the sale comes through, or is it like only the first time they get the sale? How, How do you, how do you keep them happy? We're in the process of changing some of that, but essentially they get, we were, as we were growing, was you have your base, your number from last year for your quarter. We add 10%. We say if you beat that number, you get X. If you beat it by 10%, you get Y. And they're on, they're on a base. They get a base salary, mm-hmm. which is – it's a pretty good salary. So it's less commission, more, because they do do those repeats, and we are a huge repeat shop. Gotcha. Okay, so I want to get the growth. Now, we'll probably have to get away from that because when you start getting a rep that's doing $1.5 million and ask him to do another 10%. Uh, they're going to be comfortable. They're, they're, well, they're, it's just hard. You don't have an, they wouldn't have enough people to help them yeah. to be able to do, they turn into a small business, right? So we kind of would go to levels. If you're doing 750 to a million, we're talking about this. Chuck is, Chuck is big behind this. Chuck wants to talk about, take care of those people and also allow it to help us take care of the people that produce all this stuff. But they, he's the big one to say, look, we're going to probably have to change this because we are growing, mm-hmm. you know, and him and I are kind of, jokingly holding hands walking down this road together because neither of us have ever been in this industry so we just kind of walk down the road and listen to the guys like you every at 4 30 in the morning watching <laughs> podcasts you know what I, mean? I think so, uh some points you brought up there that are interesting is like you know your sales your sales reps are being commissioned to get the order like new business and to get existing business. And so in like bigger companies, you'll see that split even again, where there's just a team that gets new orders. And then once they've, you know, once they're a customer, then they go over to like a success manager, right, Bruce? Like, isn't that how you guys do it at Printavo? Yeah. You've got your and we're pretty sales similar with that. Split. Although we switched into quotas. Um, so every month, you know, you've got X quota and then you get uh, a bonus above that. But clearly you've got some like overperforming reps, which is awesome. Um, and it's like, well, let's not to- forget too, and not to cut you off, Bruce, I apologize, no, but um, let's not forget too, that there are some other things that they get paid on that I don't have to pay. So um, f- f- because of it, I'm in I'm in some buying groups. So they get, so they get some things because of being in the buying group that they get paid on the other side. So so they get some of that, they get some, some of, they get their base and they also have an opportunity to make commissions. So a uh, a rep here doing, yeah. So a rep here, kind of like a spiff, you know how you sell something for Wilson and they'll be like, if you sell 20 of these, you get a spiff. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a spiff program. And a lot of them, you know, I have reps that make 10 to $15,000 a year on, on that program. So, you know, my, an average rep for me, uh, a senior rep, um, is probably in the 
we want them to be in the 75 to 90 range. Gotcha. Handling between 750 and million dollars. And if they go in and maintain that and do that, they'll make 90 grand a year or whatever. And then you bring on another rep. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's one of those things like if they do a million dollars a year and I'm writing at 58% gross profit margin, right? And I pay them 90. If I can control my costs on the other side, I'll make plenty of money off of them. You know what I mean? And you take care of them four days a week. They can work from home if they want to. You know what I mean? They can go see their kids' games. Most of our co- most of our guys and the sales reps in here are coaches too. Mm. I love that part of the community gets us business. They get to know a guy. He coaches some guy who owns a business. Right. The whole nine. That just it right. it's a it's a ball rolling downhill. So you never get moss on it. It'll just keep going. You're basically saying to join if you're selling sporting apparel, join Sports Inc. <laughs> it sounds like as a, there's a lot of benefits. If they let here. anyone in. Well, I can make you laugh about a story. I okay, so we're not really a sports equipment company. We sell it. Uh, we got we started selling it because we got into sports inc we had sold sports equipment champ pro had stuff and all that so we're talking but, baseball bats helmets that kind of stuff yeah we wanted to get even further we deal with every athletic director in the county and around right so you want to have access you want to make it easy hey can you get me a you know can you get me a tarp for the mound yeah i can get you one of those so we wanted to make it easy i wanted to join sports inc well i needed to get to 1.5 million i pounded and pounded and oh pounded that's the everybody. minimum no, to join is that what you're saying? Right. You oh, okay. have to do 1.5 million in sales. Got it. Okay. So, and then they won't even look at you. They got to accept you. I mean, you got to be financially secured. I mean, they, they, they ran me through the ringer. And I mean, when they ran you through the ringer and, and good for them, it's a quality organization. But I went in there as we're more of a screen print shop. Now we sell some equipment and we deal with a lot of sports teams, but I don't sell equipment. We go to the first show. I can remember it like it was yesterday. We're in Indianapolis. We're at the first, first Sports Inc. show. Chuck and I walk in. And literally when they when you say about the old sales guy that goes door to door to the athletic director, okay? And not to say everybody was like that, but that's what we saw. Chuck and I are walking in going, "Man, we're from the we're from the Ryanet. We we look at things as a graphics person." And we look the other way and we're going into equipment where all those guys are trying to get in the world we are doing. Like we were already doing stores and everything. And I mean, I remember going into a meeting and they were like, we can do stores. We could like set it up and it'll order online. And I'd be like, yeah, I've been doing it for eight years. Like, hey. so it was a different world for us. It was kind of like we were the backwards guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Everybody else there walks in and we were the Chuck and I were the, the, you know, the I don't say we're graphics guys. We're not like, you know, like graphics guys, but we were the more screen print graphic embroidery guys, gotcha. you know? So it was funny. It was just funny going to that. I've noticed that when I was at Sports Inc., it was definitely a different conversation than I've had at any of the impressions shows. Uh, you know, it wasn't like people were looking for shop management software. It was just very, di- it was more from a like sales world than it was a printing world. Right. Uh, so it was an address. I will tell you, uh, Bruce, I will tell you, I got in, just recently in San Antonio, I got invited to a meeting where they were talking about that. And it, the meeting turned from what they were talking about at the product to everybody in the room asking me 10,000 questions about having stores and how do you do it with your reps and, and how do you bag and tag all this stuff? And I'm like, well, you got to invest and you got to get people. And to me, it was like, really? Like you guys aren't there. Like this is, 
that's not new for us. We've been doing this for a while. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we've been we've been pounding the pavement with stores, even on the podcast, and just you know, if, if you're not selling online already, <laughs> figure out how to do it. There's so many easy tools. I think what's interesting is you were you were first to market in a space that wasn't filled with e-commerce yet. Meaning, like in 08, 2010, there weren't very many solutions, um, and now there are, which will make it tougher, right? Um, I guess like talk to us a little bit about, because you work with like some, because you're in the buying group, like Adidas, Under Armour, whatever, how, how does it work with like, is it as easy as buying from SNS or is stock like a nightmare? Like, cause you're, you're buying like specialty items, right? There's two things that, that are in that question, Stephen, and I'll, I'll answer, I feel, and I'll answer both of them. One, you have to learn – if you're in a specialty industry like that, you have to learn the product. So we initially started going with – we had a rep, Pat or, uh, Pat Stafford, who works for us. We had a rep who was – all he was going to do is sell to athletic directors and sell equipment. Well, real quickly, we figured out we were fighting over nickels and dimes. And we – I have never been a business where we fight over nickels and dimes, right? If I fight over nickels and dimes, dollars are flying over my head, okay? So we quickly got out of that. Pat went into corporate. Um, and our sales reps that now work with team are familiar with a lot of the products and the different ways to well, how to sell them or what we're selling. And, uh, but we're, you know, we're not a BSN rep. There's that word, everybody, you know, BSN, but we're not a BSN rep, but I will tell you, we compete a lot against BSN and we win a lot. Um, and mainly because of turn time, the control that we talked about. Right. So, so, the, the, so the other side of that, go, the other side of that question, um, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, now. we'll dive down the BSN route for a sec because they're very Nike heavy, right? And so mm -hmm. they're setting up a lot of stores and sometimes the products go out of stock in the middle of a, an online store. Are you guys in more control of that? Are you working, is it Nike or is it Adidas? Or are there specific brands you, you specifically push? Okay, so let's just go from the standpoint of this. Normally, we most of the people, we, we would never hold inventory. Okay. okay. Now, I would buy Under Armour and I would buy Adidas to bring it in stock to meet the requirements of being in Sports Inc. and to be a team player. They do a lot for me. I'm going to bring stuff in. But it was mainly stuff we sell on a store. You know, the the sweatshirt, the the sweatpants, the wick short, the wick tee, the, you know what I mean, the long sleeve tee, the, the locker tee, the long sleeve locker tee, basic stuff that you have in, black, gray, navy. Don't get too crazy on the colors. That way you always have it. And if it moves on, the the things that Under Armour started to do was say these certain products are always going to be in, which is like unheard of. So most vendors now are going to that. They have five or ten products that are always going to be around. They're not taking it out of the lineup. Okay. So those are the ones we started bringing in. And I used those to meet my meet my qualifications or monthly or yearly or quarterly or whatever it is qualifications. We never used to keep stuff in stock. We just bring it all in, bring it all in, check it all in, and in less than two weeks, we're out the door. Recently, what we did with our stores was we started picking off product and ordering early and keeping it in stock. Okay, so then we limited our store. So we used to we used to have like ninety some products on our stores wow. because we could. We used because we could. You put them on there, the people order it, comes in. Oof. Not a problem. Not a problem. Now it's a problem. So now we would go to our customers and be like, we're not going to go through this back order issue. We have these things in stock. So we pick 10 items, brought them in stock. 
work like a charm. Now, on the corporate side, it's a little tougher. They tell you what they want. Hey, we want this on there. So our communication on the corporate side has had to be, listen, it's not in stock. They pushed the date out a month. So we're going to refund you because most corporates either give a gift card or something that the employee can reuse or whatever, or we go right back on the, the, comp, the, on the credit card for the employee. But we could control that real a little quicker and be done with it. So we have, and here again, I'll go back it, Chuck set this in motion and we followed through with it and it worked right for us. This is probably, I feel this is probably going to be the last season, this spring season that we may have to deal with this maybe fall, but um, I see stuff getting better. It's still like certain sizes and stuff. Yeah. So like, that's interesting. We don't allow a product to sell on us. We don't do back orders. We will refund them instantly Um, because dealing with a back order is the biggest pain in the neck. I mean, I it is the worst. We went through it. Worst possible uh, thing, like selling something that's we out of stock. We went through it, Stephen. It was painful. Yeah. And I just made a decision one day to say we're not doing this anymore because it would be crazy. I mean, and I know you guys know, but it would be crazy. You would order a product, and it would be ten thousand pieces across the board. You come in the next morning, and they'd have an email say, "We don't have any in stock." And I'd be like, "Are how does that even feasibly?" possible you know (laughs) but people were buying up product and doing that so we have gone we've changed some things steven we've changed it to your philosophy um and down the road we will change it what we have done is if it now if it's if it's if it's a bad we don't allow them to even exchange it we used to allow them to exchange it to something else on the on the order okay which wasn't that wasn't that bad but we're getting away from that also yeah that's i think like narrowing products um there's actually a company called swag.com and one of their value propositions was we will curate the products and we'll pick the best products for our customers, meaning the ones we can get in stock. And that's only what we're going to sell. Um, and by narrowing those products, like you just don't give the employees that many options. I mean, we're even going to our online stores where we don't put a brand. It'll be like premium soft spun or pigment dyed um, just so that we don't get ourselves in a pickle when you know, something's out of stock. So it's, yeah, it's a never ending totally. battle. It's, it's, I was wondering how you were doing it, Steven. Cause I mean, it has, I mean, it's crazy. We, we have gotten through it. Let's just say, I feel we're on the other side. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. Maybe you all are feel you a big Richardson hat buyer? Or? Um, we sell a lot of every hat. Company, gotcha. Okay. Um, I feel, um, any hat because of the influence of flex fit is going to be an issue. Okay. And that when they beat Nike, that was it. When they beat Nike in court, they basically rule the world. Everybody wants to rule the world. Right. And I think they got, that was their ticket. And I see some other, I think cap America does a phenomenal job. I think they're coming on the market. A lot of the guys from Pacific left and went there. We, I think we buy auto other, a lot now. We really like auto. Auto. Yeah. Um, you know, legacy hats is right in our backyard. Um, they, they want to get in the market, but they're too caught into that. I can't get the product in. And, you know, so, you know, I, I want to go back to the inventory thing and hopefully I answered that. Did I answer that with, for you, Steven, a little bit? Yeah. Cause you were like, Hey, do you bring stuff in or yeah, do you, totally. uh, and listen, we're not, there are some things that we have done crazy. I think I told Bruce the story about you asked how we market during the, I, I told Bruce the story of how we did a box 
simple cardboard box, put our logo on it. We put an all-made T-shirt with a one-color logo on it. We put a, a, a mug in it and a mask. And a lot of people would just walk in and drop it off and say, hey, can you give that to the person who makes the decisions? Well, I think outside of the box. So when uh, I said – With no, the box? <laughs> yeah, with a box. How about a paradigm? I'll use that word. I think outside the paradigm. So I took that box and we started either walking in and know, going on LinkedIn and knowing exactly who the person is. Hey, can you – Susan asked me to drop this off. Can you take this? Yeah. And then – or we send it UPS or FedEx. And even though it cost me a little bit of money, right, we send it UPS or FedEx and they'll never open it. They walk it in and put it right on their desk. So what happens? They open the box and it's there and they're going to read everything, especially when you give them an all-made shirt, right? That goes back to the – everybody has five or six T-shirts that they wear in their shirt. And if you can get in that, then they start marketing for free. So it cost me $7 to send that shirt out, and they're wearing it every third day when they're walking around the giant grocery store or something. That's that's kind of our philosophy. And when they so see you, they say, I still love that shirt. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And Which can I get another one? All made ones. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, another crazy thing is, is if you follow us or if people see – they'll see me post stuff that says, it's what we do. You know what I mean? Screen print, embroidery, every time there's something posted, this is, it's what we do because they don't know what we do. Well, this is what we do. You know, It's what we do. I was walking down through the grocery store the other day, and a lady walked up. I had my To The T Outfitter shirt on. She walked right past me, and she went, it's what we do. Didn't even know the lady. Didn't even have any idea. And it's just because that they watch that stuff. And I don't have – like we don't market. Like, we don't go out and put marketing out like Nike. So you, know? you think they'll but open I, the boxes more by shipping them to them? And, and like after you communicated oh with them with like through LinkedIn or whatever? I sent 10 boxes. Yeah. We got eight orders. To date, to date, those eight boxes made made me close to $700,000. You know, that's that's interesting because we, you know, when, when, when S&S or Gildan or Comfort Colors will send us the beautifully branded box with like the one shirt in it, it somehow makes it on my desk because it's the nicest box ever. And they just put it there and like, Steven, this is for you. And I'll open it up and say, here's the shirt. You can have it. <laughs> but I remember, I can tell you, like, Comfort Colors does it. Um, and it's it's recognition right there, you know. And it's silly for those that if you don't do this, it's the best use of your marketing dollars is to print stuff and give it to customers because you are a printing company. Um, yeah. It's it's free market, sort of free marketing. Uh, yeah, it might cost you, but and you can't you can't keep track of the return on that investment, can you, Stephen? I mean, you're no, a numbers guy. I, I mean, how ca you can't? You, you, you know? know, you could give everyone like if, you know they say you could spend a thousand dollars on marketing, or you could give a hundred people a ten dollar box. Well, you can't, you know? but you again did and know the dollar amount that you got back. You just right. said it. Uh, I know you're still you're still thinking. Well, you're, about I mean, you're I good at it. You, I think you just <laughs> you you talk yourself down on the numbers, but like you know the exact numbers when it comes up. Um, well, the, the, listen. When I started my business, I before I even started it, I had a mentorship board. Okay, <laughs> so I had there was like four guys who were very inspirational to me as. And I had them as a mentorship board. So anytime I had a question, I'd take them out for a bourbon. I'd buy them a drink. We'd have a couple cocktails. I'd say stuff to them. They'd laugh at me. Okay. They'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Very successful guys. We're talking very successful guys, but all from a different 
industry, all from different levels of the size of the business. And they used to say, one of the things, there's a couple things. One, you're always going to pay your taxes. You're always going to pay your people. You're never going to throw any red flags up. And you're always going to know your numbers. And you don't have to know them, like pull the paper out. You want to know them. You can tell people, break it down. So I look at my numbers every day. And though I don't spew it to everybody, I know my numbers. And I know when to say, all right, this is wrong. We got to change this, right? I will teach eventually my son and other people, my managers, how to look at those numbers. But for me, that was a learned process too. I've been learning every step of this. I've never printed a shirt. Like I, I mean, I've run businesses, but I've never printed a shirt. So I had to figure out where's that in these numbers and how do I do that? So this mentorship board was huge. It was huge for me. You know, you know, what'd be really funny is if, if, uh, like you had shops that like owners that don't know how to print, like <laughs> you guys I have would a Facebook myself, group? I would give myself a, a C minus, um, and like bring Bruce in there and you in there and anyone else who doesn't know how to print <laughs> and just videotape us trying to print and set up a job. <laughs> that could be one of the <laughs> funniest, hilarious. I bet you. And then you could have like Brett and Eric and Justin just sitting there like commentating of how bad we are. Uh, that would be funny. We got to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it might be embarrassing too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I nice mean, Long Beach. That would be, that that would be, be really funny. We'll See if it. Bruce can register a job. Hilarious. <laughs> well, I, well, here's, here's what later. I can tell you. I can, I can do all the art. I can rip all the art. I can, I can, uh, I can use the PRU unit. I can put it on. I expose, I can clean it out. I can tape it. Now, if you ask my screen printing manager, if, I can tape or tape off the screen. Well, he's going to tell you, no, I think it looks like a Picasso when I'm done, but he says that it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't think it's good, but once (laughs) I can't put it in, I don't know how to, the micros and all that. I mean, I, Ryan, Ryan Moore told me in a video that those micros were awesome. So I believed him. You know what I mean? I said, ah, micros, it has micros. So when people come in and they ask me, I always go, yeah, man, it's got micros on it. Like you can really adjust this stuff. I have no idea what they are. Watch it on YouTube, you know? (laughs) Um, Ryan said it was good. Steve said it, Bruce said it's good. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. We were on a podcast, uh, with, um, just Jessica Tillery and and we said like, why rock? And she goes, the machine's just sexy. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, uh, so true. Um, so true. People walk in and they go, "Wow, a big green spider!" But that color is hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's funny. It's Chris, hot. Hey, this uh, this has been a pretty good episode. Is there something that we haven't asked you that would be interesting? You think since you've been a listener for a while too, or shocking or anything? No, you know, uh, the only thing is we moved into a new facility, uh-huh. and I think, um, I think, um. I think one of the things you guys need to touch on, like you have some great people on and you learn a lot from them, but I think about moving. Hmm. Nobody has ever addressed, I mean, literally, and you know me, I watch all this stuff. I couldn't find a podcast about the challenges of moving and because we moved. So when we moved January 26th, we started the move by January, Saturday, that was a Wednesday. By January 28th, we were all in, set up, had all the machines set up. Daryl Kubler from Rock, he came in with his crew, ripped it all out. But the stress and setting up the machine and get, get, making sure everything is in line and how to get it to, I mean, maybe, a show maybe for there's, that. Maybe there's nothing on there because we all try to forget it. <laughs> 
I don't eat those are yeah. those are dark days. Oh man. But yeah, that's yeah. that's a great idea. Um because you guys went you're now at eighteen thousand square feet. What were you at before? Eighty five hundred. Wow. That's a so huge over jump. doubling your footprint. Um but there's so many things people don't think about. Power, water. Uh, uh. <laughs> Power sprinkler wall. systems. Yeah. Like, you know, they walk in and you go, Hey, sprinkler system. Do you have an alarm for that? I'm like, uh, uh it's in the back. I don't. Uh, Three phase, yeah, single phase, yeah. um, you know, filtration. I mean, I had, I, it, here's what I know. And I'm fortunate that my wife's cousin is an uh, architect engineer. So when we walked into this building, he basically said, you have everything you need, plenty of power, your three phase. They even have a transformer over there that knocks it out to 480. If you ever went down the road and needed more, he had, you had all this bus system, which is an electric system that's supposed to be a lot of money. And I have it in my building, the sprinklers, we, the heating, the whole nine, like it's it. Sorry, I got a, my Tammy, the lady I spoke about, just handed me a check and said, you got to sign this. So anyhow, was, but anyhow, the whole quick. move was <laughs> – so then uh, I didn't even look at the amount. But I will later, Steve. Uh, <laughs> see, so basically the whole thing about the move is you know, going to the people that you trust the most to tell you that this is good. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be exactly like no? If you're a perfectionist, then – Doing a move or trying to do things, yeah, yeah, I, I feel sometimes they're wasting time on it. But I think a lot that you learn in a move helps you teach you about your business even more. Chris, you know? one question: You got the Saudi laser. Were you direct to screen before this or no? So welcome to the club. That's the direct to screen is the best thing in the world. You bought the most expensive laser. Why did you choose that? Okay, so, you know, I did a lot of research and they were talking about wax and this and that. And there's a guy right over in Lancaster that Bruce went to his shop, mm, Screen select. Print Select. And he does a good job of video. And I think I, I like him. I think it's cool. Every day he walks in and shows the big truck and fill full of stuff. But he got one of those. And I was like, all right, that to me, that makes sense. I have a lovely lady named Misty that she takes care of all of our screens considered really part-time she works she's off like four months a year but when we get a little slower the guys take care of it. when we're busy she comes in and does all that and i saw her wash screens and i saw her use the pr unit and i was like look we're getting away from that and here again my mo is i go right to the top so i've made a bunch of calls i called lucas um I called and, you know, they all talk about how great the machine is and that it's legit. Like there's no questions. So I bought that and I bought a dual, their new dual coder. So I bought those two. Um, I bought a, a Dane 200, um, uh, reclaim unit. Wow. To clean. So, um, Chris, did I, you, do you finance equipment or are you buying cash? Uh, yes. Both. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do both. Yeah. So, um, I most of the time I'll finance it. So there's a little more control to I see like, especially in this situation, I will finance it. I have the cash to pay it, but I will finance it to get, keep my vision. Did we spend a little more money? Cause if you go spend it all, then you have nothing left to pay that off. So I have an idea. I get it financed. 
am I going to have to pay a little bit sometimes? Like I have a pie loan so I can buy equipment. So I have this chunk of money and I can go in and segment off little sections of it and, and, and buy equipment. So I do that and I can do it for any term one to five years. So I can do one year or two years or three years. I can tell them it's fixed or floated, you know, depending. So in some of this, I float, I didn't recently because the rates are changing, I didn't float the rate. Okay, right. I fixed it. And now – and even though I'll have to pay a prepayment penalty because they gave me the fixed rate to, if I want to pay it off early, it's it's like 1%. So, you know, it's Money's like cheap. 200 bucks. Does a team yeah, like it's the, uh, does a team like that unit though, the Saudi LTS? We haven't even got it out of the box yet, but I can tell you we've watched enough videos and seen this thing work in person. It is unbelievable. I mean we've seen it. We've, I mean, we haven't got ours out yet, but they know, I mean, they know they're like chomping at the bit. Like, so this is another thing. They're also extremely excited because they don't all have to clean screens anymore because we have a reclaimer. They don't have to like, it's, you know, you can drag and drop right in the machine, print the, I mean, that's a, that's a lifesaver. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I could either have a boat. Or a house at the beach, or I could take care of my employees and make sure they have the best equipment. <laughs> Boat or a Saudi LTS. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: that will pay me down the road. Okay, right, now right. I just got to stay in shape and lose weight, like my wife says, and you know what I mean. Make sure I don't, you know, do the things to die, but it'll pay for itself, and I own it. And it's an asset. And if somebody wants to come along and buy me out, they're going to pay pay me for it anyhow. So I just think it's a – I just uh, – and I got all this from you, Stephen. I, I, from, I, I got all this when you start talking, we're going this direction and we're doing that and we're doing this. I, I, okay, Did let me look into it. Did you use a referral code? So, Farrag1? I, I, <laughs> I, I, negoti- I negotiated a little more than the Farrag1, okay? Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know about when that you code. Buy a, when you buy a couple pieces of equipment, it's amazing how fast they start moving. Yeah. Right? So, you know, crazy. So. Chris, this is awesome. Yeah, I, this uh, has been, been great. awesome. This has been great. This has been great. Yeah. This is Chris Markey. If you guys are yeah, oh, if you ahead, guys are in town for the IS if you guys are in town for the ISS show, make your way up to York. If you're in town in Atlantic City, make your way up to York. We'll go grab some burgers and food at some good joints around here. And uh, a lot of my clients uh, have joints around here that are really cool. Yeah. If and, uh, if Illinois loses before then, I will probably be there. <laughs> If uh, they are continuing to win, I will not be there. Um, go okay. Illini. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Penn State territory. So um, I, all I could say is boo. Right? <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having this me This is on. Chris Markey from To The Tea Outfitters. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pronouncers Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.